City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Stinger. Joining me to recap the Greenstreet Swarm season today is Greenstreet Swarm head coach Jordan Serenkamp. Um, Jordan, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Getting ready to uh, head back to the arena here in a bit. We play the Bulls tonight, so right back into the mix here in Charlotte and excited to be joining you. Absolutely. And it, it doesn't seem like last week when we last spoke, and I think you played two games, the first two games of the year. And now the season is already finished. Uh, the Swarm finished with an 11-21 and 21 record in the regular season, 12th in the Eastern Conference. And... Probably safe to say, uh, had a very changeable lineups this year, which also always happens in the G League, but especially with all the injuries the Hornets this year. I can imagine, you know, you probably thought you'd have some guys for maybe a little bit more time than, than you ended up having. Um, but I'm going to start really wide at the start of this interview, Jordan, and, and just ask, what, what do you think went well this season? And you can take that wherever you want. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of things really went well. And obviously... You know, you, you alluded to it a little bit with the injuries in Charlotte. Uh, you know, it thrust some of our young guys into the rotation here, uh, you know, pretty early on. And I think that's always a positive, you know, when those guys are able to get NBA minutes and, you know, be able to, uh, you know, play in Charlotte. Those that's obviously fantastic opportunities for them. I think that's something that went well, you know. Um, obviously, you don't want to see injuries or anything like that. So there's always the side to that as well. But, you know, I think the best thing, that we got out of this year is I just really enjoyed coaching the group that we had. We had an awesome group, a nice mix of, um, you know, young guys and also veteran players who had played in the G league before. Um, and it, it just, you know, it was a fun group to coach. They loved coming in every day. They loved getting better. Uh, they loved being about the right things and trying to play the right way and learning and being the best version of themselves and playing as a team and all of that. And I think to me, um, in the G League, you don't always necessarily get that. So that's something I'm really proud of from our group. Uh, I think the growth, both individually from everybody and the team as a whole, was very evident as you watched us play in November and then you watched, you know, even our last games here at the end of March. You know, you can see the growth that individuals made throughout the year um, and, you know, just how our team was able to function and play better um, just from an understanding standpoint. So a lot of positives to come from this year. Um, you know, both from the assignments in two ways and also from our G League guys as well. And this was your second year as head coach. Last year was your first as a as a head coach uh, in the G League. I guess, you know, I'm sure, I guess last year might have been a, a steeper learning curve with it being first time. But in terms of this time round, what do you, what do you think is like the biggest thing that maybe you've learned or taken away from this year coaching this team? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, and it's something that I learned a lot about last year, even, and I was able to kind of improve on this year. And I was able to see the differences is just the importance of the communication part with the players, uh, establishing relationships with them, going beyond just, um, you know, worrying about the X's and O's and the game planning and the stuff like that, and really digging into who these guys are as individuals and what motivates them and what drives them and just really building strong relationships with them and then using those um, you know, relationships as a way to communicate effectively. And I think that's been the biggest thing is, is having, you know, going into each day with a message uh, and just being very consistent in your messaging, uh, how you communicate to them, what the expectations are, the clarity um, of which you talk about certain things and, and um, just continuing to get to know guys and do everything you can to help them out as individuals, not just basketball players. Mm -hmm. I think that was um, something that I learned very quickly in year one. And then I was able to implement that through summer league and then even more so in year two. Um, and it was just a very rewarding experience, I think, for everybody. And, you know, I know the guys appreciated it and we were able to connect on a lot of different levels, not just basketball. And that's something that I really valued and something that um, I feel like I got a lot out of this year. Yeah, I 
I mean, I co- so I've coached soccer over here uh, to pretty like semi-pro level, and it's the biggest thing that if you, unless you when you watch games, people will look at coaches and say X's and O's and rotations and all those things. But like when you're actually in like the the kind of environment with the team, just having them actually listen to you and take that message in, and having that rapport and creating those relationships, it is. The biggest part of coaching is like an iceberg, right? You see, you see the guy on the, on the sideline shouting plays, etc. And fans sometimes think that's what coaching is. There is just so much about it, and you can be the best X's and O's guys after timeout plays, got the rotations. But if if you can't connect with people and communicate effectively, then then you're you're, you're just not going to have success. And I think that's one thing that's fans, which I understand, unless you've been part of that, it's it's hard to kind of understand that because it's hidden, right? That's away from the cameras. It's in those little meetings when you eat breakfast and lunch together, it's those little things that go into it. No question. I think the biggest thing along with that is you can have the, like you said, you can have the best X's and O's in game plans and player development, you know, especially in the, mm. in the G league, right. Plans in the world. But if the guys don't trust you uh, and they don't yeah. trust what you're about and all of that, then none of that really matters. And communication is a big piece to that as well. Yep. So recently, a couple of Greensboro Swan players have been called up. Uh, Kobe Simmons signed a two-way contract. Xavier Sneed on a 10-day contract. Um, I, as I mentioned before, uh, when I used to coach some professional football here, I was the reserve team manager. And I remember when your player got called up to the first team, that is like the proudest moment, right? Because you see the guy who's put in the time, the effort, the hours with your team, and then they're getting the chance to the first team. So... I'm, I'm just going to guess here that you're thrilled to see those guys get called up and just talk a little bit about kind of what it meant to see, to see those guys get an opportunity with the Hornets here at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you, you hit it right on the, on the nail with that. And I, I couldn't be more proud of X and more proud of Kobe. And, you know, the fact that I'm actually back here in Charlotte, I'm working with them day to day and getting them up to speed with some of the stuff that they're doing here that was a little bit different than what we did in Greensboro. Uh, it's really cool. And you can see the excitement on their faces, you know, to be able to get these opportunities. And what makes it special about these two is they're both guys that have been within the organization for multiple years. You know, Kobe has obviously been on a two-way before with Charlotte, uh, but he's been around the organization for a couple of years. And same with uh, X. You know, X came in, played in the bubble. Uh, played with us last year before he got his two-way in Utah. So it's really cool to see. Um, it's really the definition of kind of what we want to do here, you know, in Greensboro and in Charlotte is you bring in young guys, you have them within your program and organization for a couple of years, you know, you develop them uh, into the type of player that they can really become and that gives them an opportunity to make it at the NBA level. And then you reward them with their hard work. And I think that's something that's um, the perfect example of what we're seeing here. So I couldn't be more proud um, to obviously have the relationship I do with both of them for multiple years as well as something that's really special to me. Uh, And, you know, we're just on the same wavelength. We were talking about it today. You know, they know exactly what I'm thinking. They know what I expect of them. Um, and I know how they function and how they act. So it's it's been a fantastic relationship, not just in Greensboro, but now here in Charlotte. And it's a testament to them. You know, they've kept their head down. Um, the the path to the NBA is not always just, you know, something that ends on draft night. It is for some. But, you know, for others, it's it takes years of hard work and, and development and trusting the process and putting in the hours, and having the commitment to you know, doing, you know, what it takes to be able to make it to that level. And I think they've both done that. And it shows even in Greensboro, you know, their commitment to being the best version of themselves, to being good teammates, to being leaders uh, and to playing the right way. And, you know, to see their their efforts rewarded and, and, you know, from them to be in our program for multiple years and then getting the opportunity makes it even more special. Yeah. And, and I think it's important and it'd be good to get your thoughts on this. Like the other Greensboro players will see that, right? They'll see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, if you stay here, you put in the time, like say it's been multiple years, it's not just been a one season thing. There is a, there's a pathway there. And I think that's got to be important, right? Because guys can see there is now a pathway to the main team. And not all G League teams have been used like that across the G League. Like it can be really changeable. And the fact that it's a little bit more stable and, and there's a, a clear communication between the two, that's got to be really enticing to maybe other guys currently on the team, maybe guys thinking of coming to the team in years down the line when they're looking at options, that has to play a huge part, right? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and, you know, it's just, again, you said it, that the, the hard work and the consistency um, and being about the right things is rewarding. And that's something that, 
you know, in Charlotte, you know, especially with regards to Greensboro, something we've always taken pride in. And obviously it's important to have the assignments in the two ways, you know, but the development track for guys doesn't just stop there. You know, it's every guy on the roster has a plan when we come into the season. It's very clear the areas they need to improve on to give them the best opportunity to make it. Uh, you know, we sit down with guys individually in Greensboro. We go over the development plan. So it's top to bottom, you know, the very top guy at the level to, to you know, whoever else, you know, guys that come through training camp and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's a very top to bottom uh, development focused organization. And that's something that, again, you're able to see with things like this. And it makes it really special, like you said. So for, for Kobe and, and X, as I'm going to call them now, because that's what you're calling them, right? So I'm going to change from Xavier to X. Um, yep. for, for Kobe and X, uh, what is it that you think they need to do to try and like try and cement that place in the league, either you know in Charlotte, hopefully, or or elsewhere? Like, what are the what are the areas that you're speaking to them about in terms of like making the impact? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest thing, to be honest with you, is just for them to be themselves, and I think that's where it really starts. And I think that's one of the reasons they've gotten these opportunities is they they knew they know who they are as players. Uh, and they do their best to do that every day. So for X, it's it's defending at a high level. His versatility on the defensive end, um, you know, provides a lot of value. His ability to shoot catch and shoot threes or movement threes, um, and it's really just simple stuff. You know, there's not um, this illustrious list of all these different things you have to do. You just have to be really solid and be who you are. And it's the same with Kobe. His ability to be in the open floor and score the ball, or you know, on some nights, be able to handle the ball and organize the team and get guys the ball in certain places or run the team, you know, or find ways to get to the paint and create for others or find ways to score himself. You know, those are the types of things they did night in and night out in Greensboro. And that's what's so important about the player development plans that we put in place are the plans that we put in place for guys in Greensboro are things that are going to be very transferable to what they would need to do to make it to NBA rosters. And, you know, X and Kobe are guys that these have been, um, development plans for multiple years now. Now we've added things to the to the list, right, and added to their bucket, if you will, as they've continued to grow and improve in certain areas. But it's really just been very clear, um, just doing simple things and doing them at a high level is what it takes to get these opportunities, and they both did that. And I'm curious in terms of your role, do, do you almost be kind of become like they are their allocated assistant coach now? Because I know the different assistant coaches in Charlotte have players who they work with. With them coming up and your season finishing, are you kind of taking on that role? And it'd be good to hear like wider. How does your role change now towards the end of the season? Now the now the, the G League season is over for you guys. Yeah, I mean, our season ended. We played uh, the Raptors 905 on Sat this past Saturday at like three o'clock. And after the game, I packed my stuff up and drove back to Charlotte. And I was with the coaches and shoot around and walk through the next morning for our 1 p.m. home game against Dallas. So right. I got right back into it. Uh, I was with the team in Oklahoma City this past week when they traveled. Uh, so I'm very involved with everything. And I owe that to Coach Clifford and the staff here to to keep me engaged with things. You know, I want to be around. Um, I want to be involved. I want to help out any way I can. And I've just made that known to the coaches here in Charlotte. And they've been very welcoming and very open to me being around, you know, if I have opinions or thoughts, you know, taking them to, you know, Coach Cliff or one of the assistants. Um, and they've really just made me feel at home again here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind of right back into the mix. And it's really just doing anything I can to help the team, help Coach Cliff, help the staff. If it's if it's helping in a drill, that's great. If it's watching film and trying to find out things that we could – you know, do to help during games, you know, it's that if it's me filling up water bottles and wiping sweat off the floor, I'm doing that as well. I really just want to be involved and do anything I can to help the staff, the players and the organization here in Charlotte. So um, yeah, just being back in the mix is awesome. And then with X and Kobe being here, you know, one thing that's really special about the staff right now in Charlotte is those guys have been here now for two or three days. Uh, and while I'm technically, I guess, the one that's responsible for working them out and getting them prepared for games, everybody on the staff has had some type of hand in, you know, putting their arm around them at practice and helping them, you know, find little ways to um, understand concepts a little bit better or today during walkthrough or shoot around, you know, the game plan stuff for Chicago, you know, multiple assistant coaches coming up to those guys and helping them clarify different things that um, may be new or different or something that they're not used to. So. 
um, yeah, it's been awesome. So to be able to continue to work with them just because of the relationship from a personal standpoint, it's been fantastic. And I'm definitely grateful for that. Uh, but it's really a team effort. And that's something that Coach Clifford preaches and the staff has really been fantastic with is making those guys feel like they've been here all year, even though it's really just been a couple of days. And I know they appreciate it as well. Great. And I'm hoping that, you know, they do get an opportunity here in the last, you know, 10 days of the season to to hopefully get an opportunity. And obviously Kobe's been in the league before. X has been on a two-way. I, I, that was during the COVID year, right? So is that it, right? Uh, last year in Utah. He was, was with in the Jazz Utah. last year. Yep. Did he go to Portland briefly? for Was that, was that a 10-day call-up during the COVID year? Am I misremembering that? No, so he, uh, so we had Cameron McGriff, and then X also got a call up as yeah, well. Yeah, that was right. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was right. that was during that was, but that was last season. That was when the COVID outbreak kind of hit. Yeah, last and... year around Christmas time. So yeah, yeah they yeah. they okay. both had yeah they both had opportunity. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's let's move on now. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the the kind of allocated players. So let, let's start with Kai and Buck, right? The guys who probably played most on the standard contracts so far. Um, you know, I'm curious just to hear a little bit about James Buckner. I mean, watching the team this year, it seems that his his role has changed a little bit um, from from last year in the, in the Greens' form where he kind of handled the ball more, was maybe a little bit high usage for this year. He's kind of more focused on the outside shot and maybe simplified his game a little bit. I guess, firstly, is that observation accurate <laughs> to, to ask you as, as the head coach? And then also just... Uh, how have you seen him grow and evolve this year? And what, what areas do you feel like he's made his major strides in? Yeah, I, I think, you you know, what you said about his role, you know, obviously him having the ball in his hands was never necessarily a bad thing for us. And we didn't tell him not to, um, you know, but he, he is definitely more of an off ball guy that we felt, um, you know, fit alongside of, you know, a Kobe or a Jalen Crutcher or when Teo was with us, you know, Teo being more of a, a ball handling point guard, you know, that helps book out a little bit. Uh, but we did do things to try to get the ball in his hands. We had different offenses that, you know, would get him action on the second side or get him handling and pick and rolls or coming off the of DHOs. Because, you know, the one thing that's always been consistent with book is his ability just to score the basketball at a high level. Um, and I think what he's done this year in terms of that is I think the scoring stuff is still at a really high level, but I think you kind of mentioned that he's a little bit more efficient in how he's doing it. You know, he had a knack to kind of over dribble at times last year. Um, you know, and that's something that, you know, more catch and shoot threes, more quick decisions off of catches, getting to the paint with less dribbles, uh, making the right reads when he's getting to the paint, shooting the ball with confidence. You know, those are all things that, you know, we really strive to kind of get him to do at a more consistent level. And he did that, you know, and I think that it's rewarded him. Obviously, he played uh, against Austin a few weeks back and had 44 points and yep. shot the crap out of it, you know, from three. And But a lot of those shots, you know, he made some difficult ones that just attested to the type of player he is. But what him, got him going was the simple, easy catch and shoot ones um, that we really started preaching. And, you know, the other thing that he's done at a pretty high level for us is he's become more of a ball mover. And, you know, that's just something that really, really helped our group in Greensboro. When we were playing our best basketball in the middle of the regular season, a lot of it was predicated on him moving the ball and getting to the paint and trusting teammates. And that's something that, you know, we told him when you find the right, if you make the right play or you, you find the right guy um, and you re-space, the ball naturally finds you again. Basketball has this weird energy that it works that way. Um, and he just bought into that and believed in it. And he's had some pretty good high assist games. Um, high rebounding games, you know, he shows that he can be a participant on the glass um, and then just continuing to work with him on his defense, you know, just being consistent, you know, making sure that he's closing out appropriately, that he can keep guys in front of him. And then, you know, there's going to be situations, especially here in Charlotte, where he's having to navigate DHOs and pick and rolls. And so just making sure he's clear and consistent on how he's handling that. But, you know, there's been a lot of growth from that standpoint. And he really just bought into what we needed him to do. Um, and you know, it, it rewarded him and obviously he's getting some opportunity time now here in Charlotte where he's done some good things the last couple of games. So, you know, you can definitely see, um, where he's been able to grow and he's, you know, continuing to work every day and put his best foot forward and, and continuing to be about the right things. Yeah. And you mentioned the shooting. I mean, to me, that's the big, that's the kind of the big area where I've seen a real jump, both in the efficiency, but just also like being able to get to shots. I think for that, 
I don't know if it was 42 or 44 point performance that you mentioned. I remember we talked about it on, on the All Hornets podcast network. I mean, he had five catch and shoot threes, three pull up threes, and three like step back contested threes um, in that one game. So I think he had 11 threes altogether. But like I say, they came in a variety of ways, um, which is, you know, makes it so hard to guard when someone can shoot like that. And, you know, you saw that a little bit already in some of the minutes that he's got recently with some of the shot making there. I, you know, is it. This isn't just this isn't just a, a hot shooting stretch. Is, is it fair to say that he has made kind of major strides with that three point shot? You know, getting used to the NBA line, getting to that shot in different ways. Have you seen that this year? Yeah, I think so. And I think the one thing that you have to credit him on is he's in the gym and he shoots every single day. So like mm-hmm. just the reps itself, and you know the the speed of the game is something that slows down naturally as you play a couple of years in the league. And I think even the reps in the G League, you know, while um, you know, there are guys that have played a lot of NBA minutes in the G League. The, the level of the skill and athleticism, you know, in the G League is very similar to that of the NBA, you know. Um, so it, the reps in the G League have really helped him um, allow the game to slow down for him. And then obviously he's getting reps and opportunities in Charlotte, which has done the same for him. But, you know, a lot of shooting besides the speed of the game is really just confidence and, you know, repetition and, and grooving your shot and feeling comfortable with the way it's, coming out of your hand and the shot prep and everything leading up to the shot itself, you know, and that's something that he's in the gym all the time shooting, you know, and, and it, the reps itself is what allows you to build confidence. And then once you have confidence and you see if you go in in the game, you know, and I think you can see it with some of our other guys, even, you know, it's, it's something that gets contagious and then you feel good. And that's when the catch and shoot start feeling good. And that's when you get one or two off the dribble and a pick and roll, and then like he did in Austin, obviously, he makes four or five in a row. And that's when the step backs just become natural. You know what I mean? And he's such a talented kid that, again, it, it's the work ethic that he put in. It's the commitment to doing it. You know, and obviously when he's here in Charlotte, Nick Friedman working with him as well. You know, all of these guys that, you know, are helping out in his development, not just us in Greensboro is what's led to the success that he's had from shooting perspective. And, you know, it's just continuing to do the reps and, and just believe in what we're trying to teach. And you mentioned on the defensive end, still like an area of, of focus for him. And I think you've seen it a little bit. He's picked up some fouls in, in his first few minutes here. And he's obviously just getting readjusted to the speed of the NBA. But what is it, what is the biggest challenge? We see it with a lot of young players, you know, defense. Is it is it more the kind of the the communicating the wider team concept and being part of that kind of like five-man unit? Or or is it more like the kind of the individual on-ball defense, like what do you, area do you think specifically for Buck uh, is that he kind of needs to try and focus on going forward? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, obviously Coach Cliff coming in in year one, his defensive scheme looks different than what our defensive scheme looked like last year. So a lot of it is understanding the scheme itself, uh, mm-hmm. having clarity and kind of what you're supposed to do and how you execute um, your role on the floor within a group right? A unit of five guys and how everybody has to work together. You know, coach Cliff talks about that all the time. You know, the, 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 um, trying, I'm, I'm thinking of trying to think of the world here, like the cohesiveness of the group, right on the defensive end. I think that's extremely important. So I think as he gets back into the flow with the guys here, that'll make, uh, things a little bit easier, but there's obviously a technique side to it as well. And that's something that coach Cliff talks about all the time as well. You know, we show film clips of guys closing out appropriately and inappropriately. Right. So, uh, just having the technique and closeouts, um, having the physicality of getting screened 15 to 20 times a game and pick and rolls by, you know, the, some of the biggest guys on the planet in, in some of these fives that we're playing against. So uh, just being able to navigate those um, and that's all definitely technique based and feel based. And I think just, again, the more reps you can get of doing that stuff, the more comfortable you feel uh, and the more confident you are in how you can handle those situations. And I think just you know, he's going to continue to improve. He's got the physical capabilities, the athleticism, the foot speed, all of that stuff. So it's really just putting it all together and sticking to the plan and just the commitment to wanting to do it. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Kai. Um, again, Kai, another one from my, from my eyes watching this year. Again, seems to have changed roles slightly and, and kind of it's a little bit similar to kind of Nick Richard in some ways. I know both experiment with like the three-point shot last year and have moved away from that largely and and kind of, it seemed to me the focus for Kai was to try and focus on like the key things of, you know, screening, rebounding, defensive communication, trying to defend without fouling. Um, 
what what sort of steps has he taken in those some of those areas? And again, were those observations fair and right? Yeah, it's like you're in our coaches' meetings and our player development meetings. You've been on you've been on point quite uh, quite a bit. So yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing is is you know his athleticism, his size, his length. I mean it's very noticeable when he's on the floor. Like his ability the, the, the to just people run. People don't move like him in the NBA. Like it, he, even in the NBA, in the world of incredible athletes. He pops off the screen immediately. Even if you didn't know anything about basketball, you'd go, this guy's different. No, no question. And, you know, he is, uh, you know, buying into that every day. And I think that's what's important. But I think you hit it on, you know, you hit it on the head is, you know, his ability to run the floor and transition offensively to put pressure on the rim, uh, you know, for lobs, especially, obviously, he's he's been injured this year. But, you know, that's something that, you know, LaMelo is great at his hitting bigs as they run ahead, you know. So, you know, doing stuff like that, obviously the screening part is something that he's got to continue to work on and to develop to create advantages, uh, you know, really making contact with guys, uh, but then knowing when to slip out as well against different coverages. So it's like a conceptual thing as well, you know, and those are just things that as you are in this league longer and longer, it just becomes more and more natural for you. So the screening part for sure, um, the rebounding piece, understanding how to, uh, you know, screen and roll and put pressure on the rim and then play in that dunker area. You know, that's something that's very underrated. It looks like a very uh, basic piece to most offenses when you see bigs kind of under the rim in the dunker area. But there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of different reads, a lot of different relocation principles that you have to understand um, and maneuver based on where the ball is at, where the drive is coming from, who it is, all of that stuff. And that's not necessarily an easy thing. And that's something that he's gotten much better at. You know, if you were to look even back at this last game against Oklahoma City, which could have arguably been one of Kai's best games, you know, he screened a little bit better, right? He was in the dunker and getting a lot of dump offs, right, for dunks, just going up quick with the ball once he catches it. I think he even had a he had a reverse dunk at one point off a step yeah. there that I don't even know how he, he – we're just sitting there. I had no idea how he dunked it. Right? He threw it's the impressive. ball in. He threw the ball in on it's, a reverse. He, like, didn't even hit the rim, but it was a dunk. It was Yeah, bizarre. it was – it was, yeah, and but that I think that's just like the the knack of like just the natural athleticism that he has. Yeah. It's just understanding the principles and the concepts behind how you could to do that at a high level consistently over and over and over again. And I thought he he rebounded the ball at a high level against Oklahoma City, which again is something else that he's going to have to do if he's going to get the five minutes that he's getting. And um, you know, I think that's the position that fits him best because of what he brings to the table and. Um, what it allows uh, everybody else on the floor to do and to function, you know, when he's in that position. So just continuing to do that. And I think he's bought into it and he's slowly, you know, gradually understanding the conceptual side of it and the value that it brings to the team and, and how it makes him look, you know, it may, obviously he, he's able to play at a much higher level when he's doing those things. And it's very simple with all of these young guys is, is, you know, basketball is a simple sport, but simple wins. You just do one or two things really, really well at a high level. Uh, and it allows the team to be effective and operate appropriately. And I think Kai's done that. And the thing with Kai, right, is, is even at Texas, he played mostly power forward. Um, when he was probably, you know, he's late to basketball and he probably didn't play like a traditional big even before Texas. He probably handled the ball more and almost played like a wing. And I think even pre-draft, he said like he he liked to he liked to watch Kevin Durant and stuff like that, which, you know, a lot of kids like to do that. Um, you know, this is really his first year of playing like full time center this season. And that center is by far, I think, the hardest when you look at the draft record of like, Playing as a center, you are the heart of the defense. There's a lot on you in the NBA. And it can take bigs a little bit more time than maybe guards, where the role is kind of similar. Um, so it is quite a change for Kai. And I think people, you know, they need to realize that he came to basketball relatively late, has played a lot of power forward, played a different style. And, you know, he's now only really kind of maybe 100% honing in on those areas, whereas in the past he was kind of spread his wings a little bit wider in different non-NBA settings. Sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. I think that's why I mean, you're exactly right about coming into the league as a center because you have to know all of the coverages because you're the anchor. You call out all the coverages for every defensive yeah. possession. Right. And then you've got to understand uh, how you screen and how you roll or pop 
or how you play on the offensive side is predicated on what teams are doing in coverages. And a lot of times when you're screening for different guys on the floor, coverages are different. So now you have to know all of these different things. You have to know where you're going to be valuable. You have to know where you have to be. You know, that's exactly right. And I think it's even something, you know, that as you look at Mark Williams very early on, right? Like it's something that all bigs go through the process of doing it. And Mark has made unbelievable leaps and bounds to the point to where he is now. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's just something that all bigs go through. And, you know, I think Kai is continuing to buy into what it's going to take to be able to do that at a high level. And he's seeing that when he does well, not only is he effective, but again, the team functions better. Right. And I think it's giving him confidence to continue to want to do those things, you know, more consistently. And you're doing my job for me here in terms of the segue into Mark Williams. Um, in terms of the expectations that you had, you know, after summer league and seeing early in the season, uh, where would you say kind of Mark has done compared to the expectations that you had earlier in the year? I, you know, I had really high expectations from Mark very early on. So I don't want to sit here and say he outworked his expectations. That's fair. Because no, I think, that's absolutely Because I think, I, I really think expectations were high for him coming in. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's obviously massive, right? Which helps in a lot of ways, but his technique is really good. He's, he's really skilled on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we had to clean up his pick and roll defense a little bit, but with his natural size, you know, that's something that comes pretty naturally to him as well. You know, and I think it was really just the learning curve of understanding how the game is played and the, and the coverages and, and, you know, again, the same kind of thing with Kai, how to attack certain coverages, you know, and just being very simple, screening, rolling, working in the dunker area, uh, you know, and doing all of those types of things. And I think that he's made, you know, unbelievable strides. So while I think he, has met a lot of our expectations in terms of, you know, what we expected coming into the year. I do think he's surpassed them a little bit as well. You know, I saw it in summer league, even going back and coaching him, his ability to pick things up from a conceptual standpoint, from a game plan standpoint is, is really impressive. Um, and he's got unbelievable feel, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, he's been really exciting to watch here in Charlotte. I, I always joke with him. It's like, it's, it's like the, the positive He's like, cause he did so much for our team in Greensboro, having him there in the G league, he was just like a presence that no other teams in the league had. So it's like, I'm bittersweet cause I loved having him, but <laughs> obviously he's doing the same types of things at the NBA level now that we were seeing in the G league very early on. So yeah. it was, it's just really cool to see the success he's had already. And some of the games he's had to this point, um, you know, on both sides of the floor, you know, blocking shots, rolling, you know, his offensive rebounding, the touch stuff around the rim, like all of that stuff has been fantastic to see. And obviously, as much as I would have loved to have had him in Greensboro all year selfishly, um, he was obviously ready to be up here and making an impact with the with the Hornets. And he's done that. No, absolutely. I mean, he's been since, you know, getting minutes from minute one, he was looking exceptional this year. Uh, it has been mentioned a few times by, by Coach Clifford about he thinks he's got shooting potential long term. Now, I'm not going to ask you to sit here and tell us if he's going to be shooting threes next year, but for the fans who haven't seen that, right? They didn't see the practices. Um just like do you just tell share a little bit about your belief in terms of like do you do you think he can shoot the ball from range at some point and actually like be part of his game? Is that something that is his part of his development plan long term? I th I think so. And, um, you know, obviously it's something that Coach Clifford saw very early on, and he's been doing this for a very, very long time and has a very good understanding of how that stuff works. So obviously if he sees it and thinks it can be done, it most certainly can be. Obviously Coach Bruce that we have here with us yeah. in Charlotte, our shooting coach, works with Mark a lot, as he does a lot of the other guys. I'm going to help segue you to JT Thor as well. You know, JT's shooting the ball better, but Coach Bruce works with all these guys. Um, and and they, they gain confidence from it. He's got a very um impressive you know track record of helping guys in the past with Kimba and uh Vucevic who we're gonna see tonight you know when um they were in Orlando and all these different things and and you know the way he's able to teach guys and break down their shot to where they understand it and then find new ways to help them represent or uh you know repeat the motions that need to be done is really impressive. I've tried to do my best to hang around him and listen to him and his teaching points after practices or before, but you know, he's, he shoots with Mark, he shoots with all of these guys. And, you know, obviously with him around in the building and Mark's willingness to, you know, commit to a, a longer term plan of becoming a shooter. It's not something that just happens overnight. You know, there's no question that, you know, 
you know, with the confidence and the technique and all of that stuff and working with Coach Bruce that, you know, those types of things can, can definitely come to fruition. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and the existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get your bonus bet back. So, one bet I'm looking out for is the Hornets against the Suns. Kevin Durant's first game back. Everyone's going to juice the Suns. Everyone's going to juice Kevin Durant overs. I'm going for Kevin Durant unders. I also think the Hornets might cover that game. Be the first time with Phoenix playing with a lot of the new team. Uh, first time with Kevin Durant. He'll probably be on a minutes limit. He'll be a bit rusty. So I'm pairing Kevin Durant with Hornets unders for my same game parlay. So to bet, download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Okay, let's move on to Bryce, um, who was with you probably a little bit more than Mark this year, but he's also been get, getting pretty regular rotation minutes now for a, a good month or so, really, especially with the, the Kelly Uber injury. Um, you know, Steve Clifford said earlier in this year, like Bryce has been one of the guys who's just been really killing the G League. And at one point he was top of the league in terms of scoring. Um, but again, just like he was obviously someone picked a lot later than Mark. Mark was picked 15. Bryce was in 40 or in this early to mid second round. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. You watch his tape from college and he was very, very aggressive, like very aggressive scorer. And I watch him with the Greensboro and with Charlotte, he seems a much better all-round player than maybe what kind of I thought when I was coming in after watching some of his Nebraska film during the draft. And uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about kind of what's impressed you with Bryce this year. Uh, you know, I think, I, I guess I should go back and say this about all the guys we've already talked about to this point, but the coachability factor has like been off the charts this year with all of these guys, right? Like they all want to get better. They're all great yeah. to have around. They all want to improve. Like they bought in, they take coaching, you know, whether it's like positive coaching or me, like in Greensboro having to, you know, tear into guys, right? Like they've taken both of it and they've used it as positive fuel to find ways to improve. Um, so I'd like to say that about all of them, but obviously that's something that sticks out to me with Bryce. Uh, you know, he has this very similar to Mark, even just this unbelievable, like natural feel to the game that you feel like sometimes can't be coached. You know, he just has a knack for finding ways to get to the rim, finding ways to get to the paint, his skill level, his ability to finish, you know, all of those things uh, you could see very early on in the G League. And now it becomes how do you hone those into becoming more efficient when you do it, uh, more effective when you do it, right? And then adding the playmaking aspect to it as well, which I think is important because he was such a, you know, focused scorer in college. And now you're on the floor with these other guys where it's, he has an unbelievable knack of just driving the ball and getting to the paint and to the rim. And now you're adding the decision-making pieces to it, right? You're obviously his first thought has got to be to score the basketball, but now he's getting to the paint. He's drawing two or three guys and now he's kicking to the corner. And now Terry's knocking down a three, right? Or he's swinging it to Kelly, you know, from the corner to the wing and stuff like that. So it's the decision-making pieces of it. Um, and I think that, you know, as he continues to grow, um, you know, he lives in the weight room, you know, from what I've been told with the people here in Charlotte. So he's putting he's putting more size on his frame, which I think will help on his drives. Um, that's something that we kind of saw early on was the physicality of the game. But he's doing all of the right things and he works his tail off. He's in, like I said, he, he's in the weight room. He eats right. You know, he's getting the extra work in. You know, he's, he's shooting with Coach Bruce before and after practice to get the consistency of his three-point shot up. Um you know, all of that stuff. And then just his instinctual feel offensively. He does a great job of running in transition. Like I said, he does a great job of driving closeouts. Um, you know, we had him coming off of pick and rolls and DHOs, you know, in Greensboro, and he's pretty effective in those as well. And I think the more reps he continues to get coming off of handoffs, especially, I think he could be really, really dangerous in those situations as well. Um, you know, so like you said, he's kind of got an all around game offensively. It's just, you know, cleaning up the shooting, 
um, you know, shot selection, stuff like that. But those are all things that, again, as you get reps, you continue to feel more comfortable. The game slows down. Those reads become easier. Right. And I think that's just going to be the next layer of his development is doing all that. And then, you know, his size and length defensively, you know, can give guys problems as well. You know, it's just continuing. It's very similar to, you know, other young guards is, you know, learning the concepts of getting into the ball and pick and rolls or, or being in help side or being in shifts when you're supposed to be. And those are all just things that have continued to come with reps. You know, I thought he did a fantastic job when he was with us in Greensboro. He's about the right things. Uh, and he was a pleasure to coach. And obviously the opportunities he's getting in Charlotte now, the the transition from the two-way to the NBA standard contract and the commitment that the organization has given to him and his development moving forward is a testament to him as a person, him as a player, uh, and just everything that he's been about and the work ethic and the people that are around him that are helping. Yeah, and Bryce is one of the guys. I mean, I know Cliff has talked a lot about decision-making when you get in the paint and at the rim. And he's one of the guys who I really see the cogs whirring. Like you, you see him thinking, right, there's a big here. Like, you know, let's try and find the right pass. Let's drive. And I, I really like that. You can see he's coachable just by the style of his play and the points of emphasis from, that you hear from the coaching staff. You just see immediately translate into the game, which is, you know, great that you can take that information and then just like interpret it and do it. So that's, that's really promising. Um, now, I wasn't going to ask you about JT Thor because he wasn't with you this much this year, but... True. He is. He has been on an absolute. Well, his best run over the last ten games as a pro, and you coached him a lot last year because he was with you. Right. So, I guess you've probably watched from maybe far a little bit for the first stretch, and then in person last couple of uh, games. I mean, what's what stood out to you in terms of his biggest area? You talked about the shooting with with Coach Bruce. Um, you know, he's also on a. You know, I think I saw a stat the other day that he's a eight blocks in his last seven games. And I think he had eight blocks in his last 50 before that. So you're talking about being in the right position, um, having the confidence to challenge shots. But what have you seen from JT uh, that we've seen the jump here? I think just the shooting confidence, him being able to shoot the ball at a high level. I think the defensive stuff has really been there all year. Coach Clifford has mentioned it multiple times in post-game press conferences that JT is probably one of the best technical defenders on the team right, in terms of closeouts and doing all of that stuff. So I think that's the type of stuff that his willingness to defend, the things that aren't necessarily always going to show up in the stat sheet for JT is what's made him really effective this year. Um, And, you know, so that's the type of stuff that gets you on the floor. And then his ability, like you saw in OKC, he had to drive from the corner with the Euro step lay-in. And then, you know, the offensive rebounding and then just the catch-and-shoot threes and being able to make those is the things that can keep you on the floor. And I think he's realizing that, again, buying into being about the right things. And it sounds like a broken record when I say that, but it's really, really important, especially the guys that have spent time in the G League and are now getting rotation minutes in the NBA is know who you are and just do the simple things at a really high level. And um, obviously he's worked with Coach Bruce as well, um, you know, with the shooting stuff, as says everybody. Uh, you know, Coach Norm Richardson has worked with him, you know, the last couple of years and has been absolutely fantastic with his development when he's here in Charlotte, um, helping him understand the simple things and, and just being really, really good at what's simple. And JT is starting to kind of reap the benefits of that now as he's getting this opportunity to run extended minutes. And obviously him making shots does nothing but build confidence. And you can see it when he's walking around the facility. Yeah. You know, you can see he's got a little bit more confidence to him and the reps have really, really helped. And that's something, you know, you even back to last year in Greensboro, obviously he did a little bit more for us in Greensboro last year than what he's being asked to do right now in Charlotte, which is normal, right? But he's always just been bought into, you know, whatever you need me to do to help the team and whatever I can do to help the team win. And right now it's just defending at a high level, rebounding and making open shots and driving closeouts. And he's starting to do that um, consistently. And the shot making obviously helps the confidence. So it's great. It's great to see. It's awesome to see. He deserves it. He works harder than you know, almost anybody. So, yeah. And I think in Greensboro last year, we saw he kind of dabbled more in the mid range, right? You know, looked to punish some switches with hit some turnarounds. And you started to see that a little bit, which you definitely didn't see kind of early in the season. Like he had the, you know, one where Kyrie switched on to him and he kind of took his little bit of time, had the recognition, this guy can't block my shot and hit the turnaround over him. A couple of kind of like driving fadeaways against OKC. And I think that's really exciting too, because that's what you saw Again, at Auburn in the draft, you, you saw some of that kind of like he can put the ball on the deck and he's just a really like fluid pull-up. Um, so mm. and, and as that shot comes along, the three-point shot, guys will close out harder. 
you can get to your spots in the mid range right then, and then you can you can attack. So um, yeah, it's it's been really exciting to see JT Thor's kind of emergence really and uh, recently. Um, right, last couple of questions here. Um, firstly, I know there's a lot of people who go into Greece for basketball, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to just kind of, uh, you know, shout out anyone you want to shout out, coaches, support staff, physios, game day people, um, just with the Swarm this season. Um, yeah, just thought I'd give you the opportunity really to, to kind of say thank you to those guys. Yeah, so I think it's, it's a twofold thing and I'm not going to, I mean, I could sit here for another 45 minutes and thank all the people I really need to thank, to be honest with you. But it starts at the top with the organization, you know, Mitch Kupchak, Buzz Peterson, Larry Jordan, Dave Duquette everybody upstairs in the front office who's believed in, you know, the power of the organization in Greensboro and that, you know, truly sending guys down with plans and, and the idea of developing them by letting them play in the G League has has worked. And I think obviously we talked about at the beginning of the show that no one ever wants to deal with injuries and injuries are the, you know, the one thing that we all wish would never happen or existed. Um, but you can see even more this year than others where, guys who have played legitimate G League minutes for the Greensboro Swarm have been able to step in in big moments and play well for the Charlotte Hornets. And I think that starts at the very top with the commitment and the belief of how effective the G League can be uh, and the support that they've given the organization in Greensboro to be able to function at a high level when those guys are there. I think it starts there. Um, you know, you can start in Charlotte as well. Coach Clifford, the staff, uh, you know, everybody – at some point or another this year that has worked in the Hornets organization has come to a swarm game, which to me just is really special, you know? So just to see, you know, you come out for a game and we're getting ready to start and you see some of the assistants on the bench or you see the medical staff there, the strength training staff, or the, you know, mm -hmm. the analytics guys are there, you know, some guys in the front office are there. It's just, it's, it's refreshing because, you know, they're there to support you. Um, and I felt like my staff and the organization in Greensboro felt that support. Uh, but it also is something that with the players, they see it and they feel it and they understand that it, it's important to the, the to the organization. So, um, you know, again, top to bottom in Charlotte is is absolutely, um, you know, top tier when it comes to that stuff. And, and you, you, know, you even had Coach Cal Perry make an appearance as well this year, right? Yeah. So Cal, did, you, did you get yeah. to speak to Cal at all? I did not. So he left uh, early because they had their game the next day. But I was, yeah. Yeah, I was very aware that he was there. It was really cool. Uh, Ashton Hagens was on our team, uh, point guard who played for Cal. So uh, he was. It was cool to see him there. Uh, Coach Tubby Smith came to a couple games this year as well. I was able to talk to him after games, so that was kind of surreal, just because of his wealth of knowledge and um, you know the success he's obviously had along with Coach Cal as well. But it, you know, it's been really cool uh, from that standpoint. And then I just can't thank the organization in Greensboro enough, top to bottom. You know, my my staff. Danielle Marshall, Ben Resner, Colin Terry, you know, the three assistants that, you know, were in the grind every single day, um, you know, the commitment that those guys made to trusting in me and trusting in this organization to help guys get better, um, you know, and their their work was, you know, it never ended, you know, they and they worked tirelessly to to do everything they can to put the guys on our team, um, not just from Charlotte, but just the swarm guys in general. Uh, you know, in the best position to succeed and grow and learn and develop. And I couldn't thank them enough. I couldn't have done half the things we were able to do uh, if it wasn't for them and their work ethic. So I can't thank them enough. Uh, I mean, I could go down the, the, the list of all of our, our strength staff, our performance staff, you know, our, our video guys, the interns, everybody that was there um, just made it function, you know, and to be able to function at a high level to where, you know, everything was taken care of to where all you had to do every day was focus on um, the game of basketball and how you can help guys get better. It just, as a head coach, that's all you could ever ask for. And then obviously our front office as well with Cam Twist and Cole Teal, uh, all the work they did building the roster, some of the transition moves we made uh, at the trade deadline, stuff like that. Just, you know, doing what we could to put the best, you know, not just the best product on the floor, but bringing in the type of guys that we wanted to help grow and develop because they were about the right things. And then the players themselves, you know, the, you know, I yeah. said it early on, it's the G league can be a monster. There's guys that are playing 30 minutes one night and 10 minutes the next because of call-ups, because of two ways, because of stuff like that. And we had guys that came in regardless of their situation or circumstance and poured themselves into the team and were about the right things. And not only have they seen success, and growth in their own individual 
um, games, but I think that the team as a whole was very successful this year and just the growth of everybody. And obviously it's been absolutely fantastic. Steve Sotoa, the team president, I mean, doing a fantastic job of getting people to the arena, the community in Greensboro. Again, I could keep going on forever. It's playing in the field house is one of the coolest things on the weekends when it's packed and you can feel the energy as a coach, the players can feel the energy. And it's just, it's just, it's been absolutely fantastic. And it's been an awesome two years to this point and something that I'll always be grateful for, not just because of, you know, how I've been able to develop as a coach, but because of the experiences that everybody around me has allowed me to uh, feel and just the people I got to work with every day. I never went to work a day in my life and I love going in every single day and being a part of those, you know, meetings and around those people. So it was great. It's awesome. Great. And, and two last questions and you don't have to answer these, right? I get how it works. First one, don't be scared. Would you like to be back as swarm coach next year? You know, those are conversations that we're definitely having. I've loved my time and I've loved my time in Greensboro. Um, and, you know, I think if it gives me the opportunity to continue help guys develop yeah. um, and it allows me to continue to develop, then, you know, absolutely. I think that's important. I think the biggest piece with all of that is those are obviously organizational decisions. And I've always just prided myself on being the type of person that, will accept any role that the organization feels like will allow me to best help everybody. Um, And if the organization feels that me being back in Greensboro next year is what's best for the team, for the organization, for the staff, for everybody top to bottom, then I'll absolutely do it. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Well, I'm I'm sure the team and the organization will be thrilled to have you back. And my last one, and this is a, this is a one that I just thought of. I'm curious, NBA draft lottery night. What is What are coaches doing on NBA Draft Lottery now? Are you all going out to what we'd call the pub? Are you all going out to the bar watching it? Are you just watching at home? Like, just at home? Like, how does it, what does it work? Because you've got no control. You've got no influence in this. And, but it is something that impacts, especially with you, who you're going to work with next year and stuff like that. What is, what's the, uh, what's the general done thing on a, for an assistant coach or a G League head coach? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be sitting on my couch with a glass of wine wearing my lucky underwear. That'll be about <laughs> it. Um, no, I, you know, you know, some, you know, some coaches get together and have dinners or get togethers or hang out, but there's not any, there's not any like consistent trend or thing because you, you said it, right? Like it's such an impactful night, but yet there's so little control over any of it. So we're all just, I mean, we're, it's just like anybody else. We're all sitting around watching TV and, and, you know, praying for the best and looking for, you know, whatever opportunity we can get to, you know, move this organization forward. And those draft picks and that lottery night has a lot to do with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're all just sitting around hoping for the best as well. And and once we figure out where we're going to draft, we get to work with the pre-draft process, put our heads down and start moving forward with that. Absolutely. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. You've been extremely generous. Um Best of luck for the rest of the NBA season. Best of luck for the off season, for the draft, for summer league, and um, we will will hopefully speak to you maybe ahead of next season uh, in in whatever role it is. Will be will be great to touch base with you again. But thank you very much for for taking the time today, and and good luck against the Bulls tonight. Thanks, James. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it, man.